0: Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, author of the award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series, which includes From Daylight to Madness and When the Sleeping Dead Still Talk. I am joined today, as always, by my two Vox Vomitus vixens, Allison Martine, author of the Bourbon book. Say hello, Allison.
1: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.
0: <laughs> and Trisha Ridinger McKee, author of the Beyond series as well as the Josie series. Trisha just had a bur- book birthday last week with uh, th- uh, Through the Motions. I- I've designed all of your covers, which is why I'm like, which one am I looking at in my head? Through the Motions, the first of the Josie books. Uh, we are joined today by one of my all-time favorite authors, a fellow New Englander, a fellow Jennifer, a fellow author <laughs> of all things creepy and dark and drowned girls and ghosts and architecture, horror. I love it. Uh, Jennifer McMahon. Oh, celebrating her new book, The Drowning Kind, Jennifer Thank you for coming to our show. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I step bourbon casually.
2: Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. This is gonna be so much fun. I can tell. Um, you. A little bit about me. So I live in Montpelier, Vermont. I write creepy suspense novels, often with a supernatural element or two in there. Um, my latest book is The Drowning Kind. And oh there it is. Beautiful cover. The folks oh, at the folks, that, the folks at Scout Press just knocked it out of the park, didn't they? I mean, it's just it's gorgeous. We're gonna I,
0: talk about this cover. Okay.
2: I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Um so yeah, so it's my tenth book. I can tell you a little bit about it, tell people a little bit about it. it yeah. Um, yeah. So it is a it begins in the with a present day storyline with a woman named Jackie, who is a social worker. And she gets a call that her sister has drowned in the pool of the old family home back in Vermont. And she's living out in Washington State. And so she goes back to Vermont and she really hasn't spoken with her sister that much in the past year. They're estranged, they've had a difficult relationship. Her sister struggles with mental illness. And her sister inherited her grandmother's house and basically everything that her grandmother had, her sister inherited. And Jackie knows it's petty and knows she shouldn't feel, you know, resentful, but she does. Um, So that's put a definite strain on their relationship. And now her sister is dead. Her sister's drowned in the pool. So she goes back to the house and she's trying, she's grief stricken and she's trying to put pieces together and trying to make sense of this tragedy, you know, trying to like find answers where... There might not be any. And she starts going through her sister's stuff and discovering, and the house is a chaotic mess. And she starts going through things and going through her sister's notes and journals and and the mess in the house. And she realizes that in the last days and weeks of her sister's life, her sister was looking into the history of their family, but not just the history of their family, but the history of the house and the land and most especially the old spring-fed pool out in the back. Um, and the pool is long rumored to heal the sick and revitalize people. And also some people say grand wishes. And so we've got the present day storyline, but then woven in to to the present day storyline, we have a storyline that starts in 1929 where we meet Ethel and Ethel is recently married. She's 37 years old. She got married a little later in life for those times, um, And she's happy, you know, she has a good life. She loves her husband. Her husband's a doctor. Things are going well. But the thing she wants most on earth is a child. And she knows that it would make her husband so happy and it would make her so happy. And their life would just be complete if she could just have a baby. And they've been trying and it's not working. And she feels like something's wrong with her, but she doesn't really want to talk to her husband about it and say the words out loud to him. And he can tell she's stressed out. And he says, you know, he. He comes up with this idea to whisk her away for a romantic weekend getaway at a newly constructed hotel across the border. They live in in um, New Hampshire. And he says across the border. in uh, yes, shout out to New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So across the border in New York, this amazing, beautiful hotel and resort has just opened the Brandenburg Springs Hotel and Resort. And. So they go away for the weekend, and the showcase of the hotel, the hotel's gorgeous, and and Ethel thinks it's like something out of a storybook. There's peacocks roaming the ground. There's beautiful rose gardens. The building is just beautiful. Everything is just top-notch, and she's absolutely swept away. But the sort of showpiece of the hotel are the springs, and there's an old spring-fed pool in the back of the hotel, and it's supposed to be very restorative and it's supposed to heal the sick. And then she, while she's there, she learns about, you know, the rumors that maybe the pool can grant wishes. And what is it that Ethel wishes for most? A child. So she thinks about it and she thinks, oh, it's, it's foolish to go and ask a body of water for something. <laughs> to, Who am I? You know? But sooner or later, she does. She walks out there and she finds herself at the edge of the pool making her wish. And I don't want to say too much about what happens next. I'm not going to say anything, but I will say that both she and Jackie in the present day do realize that you have to be careful what you wish for. That's sort of the overall message of the book. And so the book goes back and forth between those two storylines and the pool kind of holds everything together. This creepy pool.
0: I love the (laughs) pool. I love the black water. I love that you talk about like the, the granite walls that have like moss growing out of them all of it. Um, Jennifer, I've read all of your books. I've fangirled and I will continue fangirling. I've read all of your books. I think this one is legitimately my favorite. Oh, that makes me so happy. It has, it has everything I look for in a book. New England. Okay. Drowned girls. Honestly. (laughs) You look for drowned girls in a book? I do. I do. I write about drowned girls. I look for drowned girls. All right. Um, um, I love the idea of, is it a haunting or is it mental illness? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, yeah. That's uh, great old houses you know all of it and then you added a cat even (laughs) and I was like the book can't be even more perfect than it is oh no there's a cat
2: no there's a cat
0: a cat named pig I know I know yeah all I could think was I really want to get another animal and name it pig because (laughs) it's a great name so um we'll go into some more of like the themes of the book and everything but I do want to mention this cover because i personally have never seen a cover that is like iridescent yeah
2: it's beautiful it it's lo- the, the hard cover
0: is even i mean I can't it's even, even more stunning yeah it's it's gorgeous when i got this in the mail i just like literally brought it to the light and was just like shimmering it yeah
2: i was, like, oh, it I was like when i
0: got underwater
2: yeah, when I got my box of books, I just kept like playing with it in the different light and made it shimmer. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys, <laughs> you do, like, book
1: talk. I know like the TikTok for books now is a thing and just make the book dance in the light. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, book talks. All right. And I you don't
2: want to figure out yourself.
0: TikTok. <laughs> and <laughs> and
2: yes, yes, you're right though. Like when you're moving it, it like makes it. It gives that like water illusion. It, it it's really totally does. Can. And yeah.
0: with the soft cover, because I've done it, because I'm a, kind of a nerd, I did do it in the light. I did like kind of a wave thing with it, and <laughs> just does. I love it. And, and was like, what? What do I ask for to get a cover like this? Like, what is this even it's it I, know. I know it's iridescent. It's, it's, like, it's pearlized. pearlized. It's yeah. It's shiny. Yeah. Nice. It's it's magic. It's It's what it
2: is. It's a a magical book cover. I think Um, I do. Yeah. And, I, you know, so you go into, like, I I remember discussing what the cover was going to be like with my editor. And, you know, we're brainstorming and coming up with ideas. And, well, obviously, we want to get the pool in there or some aspect of the pool in the water. And and she was like, we should get the roses in there. I said, yeah, the roses would be great. But how are we going to do the pool and the roses? Maybe. So we're throwing all these ideas out there. And somehow the art team just magically got everything in there and made wow. it work and it's yeah it's awesome yeah. i it, love it It
1: captures it well i love yeah. that it's an effect that catches your eye but it, there's a reason for it it's not just
2: a silly gimmick right. it ties into yeah the i love that yeah yeah it it works so well for the story because sometimes you know you have a cover that or pick up a book with a cover and after you finish the book you're like I oh, didn't really have it was a great book but what did it have to do with the cover i don't know but this one now it works it
0: works perfectly love yeah. it I yes. feel very lucky. Yeah, you sh- you should be lucky. If I, you know, you should be like every photo, just be like, oh, and
2: then like, Oh,
1: so look out! <laughs> can, you can you reissue the the invited with scratch and stiff that it smells like burned things? Because that would be awesome. Like scratch off some soot, and you're like burning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay! Person, person scratch and smash.
0: Look, <laughs> I
2: love
0: it. I love. I it. feel I like you is. could <laughs> get that same effect. The scratch and stiff burning smell. For Burntown as well, so maybe oh, yeah. they'd be yeah. fine with like doing Once like you figure things, it out. scratch and sniff. Okay, yeah, Your scratch
2: and sniff series. Yeah, this could be like the new wave of the future of book covers. I like it. I <laughs> like or it. Or even
0: like a scratch and sniff book plate that you could put inside. <sighs> Like, so the scratch and sniff for the drowning kind would smell like, you know, they talk about like the stale metallic water. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: They'll capture that somehow.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And want
0: to, yeah. Know?
2: And do people want like to smell? I, I would. don't know. I don't know. Of course you would.
0: Of course would. you would. <laughs> <laughs> Though I live in an old house in New England, so legitimately, I could probably just like go into my bathroom or into the river in my backyard and be like, yeah. Yep, that's what it smells like. Yeah,
2: that's what it smells
0: like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't make it smell like the bog either. Like that's not a smell people are going for.
2: So one of the things I did when I was researching this book is I went to um I wanted to taste like real mineral, like real water from real springs. And I was in Saratoga Springs with my daughter buying her ballet shoes. We had that's where she has to go to get her ballet shoes because there's no not a place nearby. That's the closest real ballet store, I guess. So we're there and I was like, oh, we have to go see the springs. So we go and we find the springs and and there's springs like running and I get my little water bottle and I sip it and I'm like, oh, it tastes like metal. And she tasted it and she said, no, mom, it tastes like blood. And I was like, yes, you're right. Yes. So that little detail totally went in the book.
1: Yeah. Is that like the whole yeah. idea of pennies taste like copper and copper tastes like blood? It's all that same kind yeah. of. Yeah. Balance. And it
2: does. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's that whole things taste different on different parts of your tongue kind of mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah. that.
0: So um, how did this idea start in your head?
2: Did you start okay.
0: with the springs or did you start with be careful what you wish for? Oh, I
2: definitely started with the water. I started with the pool, the springs. So when I was a kid, um, I was a little kid. I was just talking about this with my brother. Cause he just bought the book and he's like, Oh my God, you wrote about the pool that we went to when we were kids. And I said, yes, I did. So we just, I just like, before getting on this, I was just got off the phone with my brother talking about this. Um, so when we were little kids, my grandmother brought us to visit a family friend who had a house in Maryland and It was an old stone house. My grandmother was a psychiatrist, and the person who owned the house was also a psychiatrist. And it was an old stone house, and behind it was a beautiful house. Behind the house was this stone-lined swimming pool with black water. And the water, you could just feel the cold coming off of it. And it was creepy as hell. And I'm looking at the water, and I kind of dip my toe in. And I'm like, I'm not going in that water. Uh-uh. And there's a little boy who lived there who started teasing me and calling me a chicken. And I thought, no way am I going to let a little boy call me a chicken. Uh-uh, no. So into the water I go, and it was, the, it was like, shockingly cold. You know, I, I had been swimming in rivers. I'd been swimming in cold, or in cold places, but this was, like, beyond cold. Oh, and the owner of the pool, the psychiatrist, happened to tell us that it was bottomless. He said, by the way, the pool's bottomless. So I know, I know. So Things I'm in water. the
0: water. Just the, what you tell children. Just what I you tell know. children. Welcome to my big black bottomless pool. I know. The water's black. You it know. has no bottom. It has it's no also no bottom. Like it's us. Us. Have, have fun you know. Enjoy. Yeah. You
2: know. So I'm in there. And the whole time I was in there, I was freezing. But I also was so short because I couldn't see. And I was so sure that I could feel things touching my my feet and my legs and kind of reaching up and grabbing for me from yeah. down there. And I'm imagining what it might be. And I'm terrified. And I got out as quickly as I could. But my whole life, like the memory of that pool has just stayed with me. And I've always yeah. wanted to put it in a book and write about it. And I've always wanted to make it its own character, right? And like try to get to know it and like do a character study and say, what's your deal, pool? Yes. What secrets are you keeping? So I totally started the drowning kind of just with that pool in mind and thinking about it. And I didn't know what the story was going to be. And I started with the pool and started describing the pool and kind of asking the pool questions and trying to figure out what was going on with the pool. And slowly a story started to take shape. And I, I had the two sisters. I had the present day storyline of Lexi and Jackie pretty quickly. Um, and so I started sort of writing my way into that. And then as I was writing about that, I got to the point where they realized they learned that there was a hotel back there, way back. And I'm like, oh, I, I need to add some history in here and I should show someone going to the old hotel and what the springs were like back then. So I'm like, okay. And I, so I came up with a character of Ethel and I started writing her story and I described her her life and her going to the pool. But I had no idea how the two were connected <laughs> because I, I am not a like outliner or plotter. I have no Answer. idea. Uh, Panser, yeah, you're all of us. All right, yay, Panser
0: team, go team Panser. I always so feel real inadequate idea. when, like, we have authors on who are like, and I did a thirty-page outline, and I'm like, yeah. hmm, no, I that? can't. What is that? Like, yeah,
2: I've tried, and it just it's boring. I, I never did a thirty-page yes. outline. I did do like a thirteen-page outline for a book. My book dismantled my editor asked for it and I worked harder on that outline than I would have doing a rough draft it took me forever and ever and then yes. once I sat down to write the book I felt so like boxed in and like bored by the whole thing that I threw the outline on the floor and just kind of did my own thing and Love winged it. It, well, it and Jennifer next
1: time, you time you're out your editor asks for an outline you can do what I did which is you write the book and then you do the outline after because if they ask, and that's for what they they do. do. they don't say yeah. it has to happen
2: first No, absolutely. And that's the way that I need to work. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to get it all out. And, you know, as I was writing the drama, kind of had no idea how the backstory was connected to the Jackie. I didn't know how Ethel's story was going to connect until I got like halfway into it. And I'm like, oh, and there was that moment where I was like, oh my God, I get it. And the whole book started to come together. Well, and that's why they say
1: the nicer way of calling cancers, we are discovery writers. We discover the story as well. And you had that. When you said that, that moment, you're like, oh, I see it, how it connects. You weren't going to get there from an outline because you can't discover anything from bullet points.
0: No, no. I mean,
2: I think that little. This, I think, in in defense of outliners, I do think that there are <laughs> other little discoveries that can be made along the way, and things yes. like the plot and the characters will always still surprise you, right? Yeah. Even yes. no matter what kind of a writer you are, your characters are always going to do things that They're blow your mind and are like, take "What is up them? with that? Oh, yeah, yes. you did what?" <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Lindsay Stone Rock says
0: <laughs> hi. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah, so um, as somebody who, I have a, the three books I have out, two of them are connected, one of them is a standalone, but I, okay. I did a similar thing that you did, like I started with this idea of a haunted island, like an island haunted where if you, like, and it was like haunted, like, it didn't have to be people that died there, but if you go there, and if you want it bad enough, and okay. need it bad enough, like somebody could appear to you, but oh, again, like it's it. at what cost. But I started with the island, and I did, like, all this, like, research on islands and yeah. thinking about the island and why is the island the way it is? And yeah. is it the water? Is it the rocks? And yeah. then, so I love what you just said because the story came out of that. I started with just the location that I became weirdly fascinated with because, I, as I said, I like drowned girls. It was, uh-huh. you know,
2: I think it's Ophelia <laughs>
0: Syndrome. It's like... <laughs> The Lady of Shallot. Uh, Lady of Shalott right. syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I have to say, I read
1: where you um you said that um the mantra, you know, the advice we're all given is write what you know. Yep. And you take that and you turn it to I write what scares me. And I love that because I know early on I tried uh when I started writing horror, I was writing what I thought everyone else was scared of. But it wasn't connecting. And once I took, even though you know, I'm thinking to myself, no one else is going to be scared of this because I have some pretty quirky fears. (laughs) But when you take it and your own emotions are in it, it it elevates it. It, You know, you're able to connect with it. So I love that. I love that you do that. Was there a point that you, um, you discovered that to write what you fear or did you always kind of just use that
2: um, so, I have always been drawn to like writing on the creepy side. I wrote my first story when I was in third grade, and it was about a haunted meatball. It's comical. There's some if comedy, I, but it was also, I tried to make it terrifying and <laughs> as terrifying as a third grader writing about a haunted meatball, you know. So that was my very first attempt at fiction and I loved it. And I was hooked from that point on. And my, and my, I remember bringing it into class and my teacher, Mrs. Brennan, my third grade teacher was like, this is really good. And I was so excited and so happy. And she said, write more. Right. And so I brought, then I went home and I wrote more and I wrote, brought her a story about a mud monster. And then a couple of days later, I brought her a story about a kid who finds a body behind the wall in their house. Okay. See, then, that's so, a, There's so, a drastic yeah.
0: change from haunted. There's Yeah. No, to it
2: got it got darker.
0: <laughs>
1: i'm just curious is this before or after cloudy with a chance of meatballs because i don't know when this was published and i'm just curious did you inspire them somehow do they owe you royalties for this meatball yeah
2: i don't know when cloudy with a chance of meatballs came out but so yeah i just yeah i have always just been drawn to the creepy side and you know, I, and I studied poetry in college and then for a year in graduate school and everyone, and you go to writing workshops and everyone says, right way, you know, right way, you know, but my thing has always been right. What scares you? Cause that's where the good stuff yes. comes from. That's where the yes. deep, dark stuff comes from. And I, I love it so much. And I say it to myself so much that when I turned 50, I had it tattooed on my wrist. I'll say it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so
1: that,
2: that. it's like a constant reminder. It's like, you know, so that I can be a reminder to be true to myself and to, not be afraid to go to the dark places and to look at the stuff that I'm sometimes scared to look at. And I am a person who, you know, despite writing creepy books, I have so many fears and I'm always afraid and I scare really easily. You guys see, yeah, you're like, yeah, I scare so easily. I scream a lot of horror movies and like I'll be reading the creepy book and I'll need to turn every light on and wake my partner Mm
0: -hmm. up and be like, I just read the creepiest thing. I'm afraid there's something in the closet. I don't know if I should have the closet door up when they're closed. "Ah." I Um, watch horror movies like this. Oh, me too. I'm just like asking Roman the entire time. I'm like, can you just tell me, is it an eyeball part? If it's an eyeball part, I need to leave the room. Is it a tooth part? Are Ah. they pulling out fingernails? What's happening? And he's like, Mm -hmm. you write horror (laughs)
2: like, <laughs> deal with oh, that. I know, I know. I, my daughter won't watch scary movies with me anymore because I scream so much and I like jump and I'm like, ah! On your <laughs> do you scream in the movie theater way back when do we could go to movie I do, Yeah, way back. Yes, I do. I do. So no, my daughter would never go to a movie theater with me again because she she's mortified when I do that. <laughs> oh so she clearly shouldn't be there screaming.
1: <laughs> she's 17. She's mortified that she has a mother, let alone. <laughs> doing yeah, that, that is true too. Yes.
0: And <laughs> yeah. I will say, you live in Vermont in a small town. So if you're the woman screaming in the movie theater, everybody does know who you everybody are. Yeah. Yeah. no that's true that's true <laughs> but yeah. you
1: say it- if you write what scares you if nothing scares you you can't write horror so that's
2: true and i have so many fears i actually so i keep a list of fears i have a like a document on my computer and what i recommend you? when i when i do writing workshops especially writing workshops with like kids and high schoolers and stuff i'm like we all have to start our own list of fears and i have them make little books of fears like illustrated books of fears out of you know you take a stack of index cards and fold them in half and then you draw a picture for each fear and put one fear on each page and and i think that we need to you know you know, acknowledge our fears and name them, and get them out there. Drag mm-hmm. them out into the light and see what. So, happens. what is
0: your weirdest fear? Can you talk about it?
2: <sighs> <laughs> My weirdest fear? No, I can tell. So, can, I have a lot have of to fears. No, this is well. I do have some weird ones. Um, is it meatballs?
1: Because that's kind of weird.
2: It's it's not meatballs. <laughs> I don't have to get weird. One. I'm really really afraid of balloons and inflatable things. <laughs> So no, watching so the balloon right. guys is terrifying. So, to you, isn't so it? like not just balloons, but like if you get like one of those vinyl like pool toys, forget yes. it. And this I think I'm not, I'm saying, I think it's <laughs> the thing of like having it be small and then watching it get bigger. <laughs> no It freaks me out. And balloons scare the crap out of me. Okay. Balloons, I'm scared, I'm scared of. I'm scared of balloons.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but I don't guys, know. the ones that have helium and they travel around your house, tell me they're not trying to murder you in your sleep. Because they're trying to murder me in my sleep. That's not it's irrational. Yeah, what no, if it just takes on your face while you're sleeping and then you suffocate? It could, it could happen. happen. It could happen.
0: It well, could I'm not honestly, sleeping tonight. Yeah. Every <laughs> Sorry. dog I've ever had barks when it sees a balloon yeah, and I feel dogs like know. like, dogs dogs know. like yeah. do- animals know if an animal is like what the f is that? yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> is it filled oh. with
2: air helium or ghosts yeah so one night my daughter had a sleepover with a bunch of friends and I was asleep and they stayed up late doing oh, teenage no. girl things and I'm sound asleep in my bed my partner Drea is in 9L so she was downstairs watching a movie I wake up at like one o'clock in the morning and I am
0: covered with balloons
2: oh <laughs> and I oh screamed goodness. and screamed oh and the girls were her tackling yeah they just oh thought that it was the most, they thought it was hysterical
0: yeah no. it is a pretty good it is a pretty good prank I'll yeah it was, a, it was it no. was
2: a good but yeah you no, could I'm, have died yeah, i have a strong heart thankfully, <laughs> yeah. thankfully yeah. or they would have a lot of guilt <laughs> yeah cause of death heart
1: attack induced by balloons <laughs> put that on the corner report yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: then, they oh, yeah. feel bad. then you'd have to haunt her and be like, "You killed me with balloons." Yeah, holding a bunch of balloons. balloons. Yeah,
1: you come back in the form of balloons.
0: <gasps> a balloon. Yeah. Oh, oh god, I'm getting like weird. Like, I want to like itch the back of my neck. This is like, <laughs> it's a weird, <laughs> creepy thing. <sighs> um, I've never been scared of balloons, but now I'm <laughs> no, <pretty you> are. <laughs> well, My mom is scared of balloons, but not because she's always scared they'll pop even if they're yeah. just like, in the room She says, like, what true. if that pops right now yeah and yeah so does I she would, not like the sudden noise she doesn't like the sudden noise so when I was little I'd have a balloon and be like what if I squeeze it and she would just start like screaming and screaming but that makes me a demon and her yeah. just having a rational fear uh, Jen so does having red hair I know <laughs> it, is, <laughs> I it, is, I it doesn't look, look that red in this light but. no
1: no, but I had a friend who was really scared of the sudden noises. So we knew that if we were out with him, anything could happen behind us, and if he freaked out, it would—it could be as simple as like a barista's dropping a mug. He would flip. So sometimes okay. it's just that sudden noise that you're not expecting. Yeah,
0: yeah. Balloons—they're unpredictable. You can't trust them. No, you can't trust them. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now I'm just thinking about okay. like a, a meatball balloon.
2: Oh, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Now I know I I what I just going to eat meatballs. Tonight. I just
0: to I have an irrational fear of uncooked meat. Like, I can't even, like, in the Wait, grocery that's store. That's not irrational, because
2: you could die from that. Right, um, and I'm right. also a vegetarian.
0: But Jen, is,
1: okay. I'll have words with you later about a scene that I read on your behalf with the uncooked meat
0: that, yeah. That's scene you read on my house. Yeah, no, As <laughs> I, was I was like, read as I baby like, I don't want to <laughs> hear it. Yeah, you wrote it. What do you mean you don't want to hear it? You're the one who wrote it. <laughs> And yeah, it's the uncooked meat and it is unpleasant. I know. I've been trying to conquer my fears through okay, writing. good, good. By See? doing things this like, what if I yeah. talk about this person's face being rotted off and compare it to pizza? Yes. Okay. That's pizza nice. day. Pizza day.
2: Oh, moving on.
0: Sorry. My <laughs> irrational fear of weird hot lunches at school. meets. <laughs>
2: No, it's great when you can combine two irrational fears.
1: <laughs> I okay. know. And who's to call just them irrational? Think, you know,
2: irrational fears can be perfectly rational when you. Yes. We can rationalize them, right? I mean, you're you've rationalized balloons,
0: <laughs> and you've rationalized like even swimming pool like uh, tubes because I have never thought of it as something that's very small that just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. That right. is horrifying. I don't, like it. I don't know, and I don't know where that fear came from, but I've had. Are you picturing
1: life. yourself like in an enclosed space, and it gets bigger and bigger until you're trapped? behind it and you can't breathe because it's inflating and taking all the air.
2: Um I don't know. Uh, no. I wasn't <laughs> sorry. <not. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer no, said have night nightmares horror, tonight. So.
1: I know. <laughs> the other three of you are all horror people. I am not. I only read horror when someone makes me. So you know it's okay. It's something that I I just maybe have built up inside. But I was going to say about combining. I You mentioned in The Drowning Kind how you're combining these storylines from past and present. Yeah. And you did the same thing in The Invited with a past storyline where we're getting Hattie. And then the, common, the, the current era with Helen and Olive. Yeah. And I love how you did that. Is that something that's a common theme in a lot of your books where you will combine different timelines? Or is that something kind of newer for you?
2: Yeah, I've been doing it for... A long time, I did it in my very first book, Promise Not to Tell. I haven't Promise Not to Tell. I don't think I've done it in every book. I haven't done it in every book, but I think most of the books do. It just, it works for me. It's one of the things that I'm really fascinated by is how the past affects and influences the present. And yeah, and in some books, I have characters both in the past as little kids and then also in the present. So I really like that. I also love playing with, you know, we're talking about setting and I love like setting as character and mm-hmm. thinking about the, and the consistency and yeah. having the consistency, but also looking at how it's changed. You know, mm-hmm. like in the drowning kind, we've got the story. You know, we see the town and the pool and the whole area back in 1929 in the night, early 30s, and then we see it now. And some things have changed completely, but some things are the same. You know, the pool is still there. It's changed a bit because they've, you know, they've turned it into a bigger swimming pool. They've excavated it. But the Lord's Hill and Devil's Hill are still there. The town itself is still there. There's still the general store that everyone goes to. There's still the church in the center of town. Um, so, yeah, I, I just love playing with that. And I have this belief that, like, places hold memories, you know, and places places hold the echoes of everything that came before And I'm Uh, working that into my fiction.
1: (laughs) Well, and one of the lines you said, and I think I even texted it to Jen so I wouldn't forget it. You said something about the character Helen in The Invited. She doesn't believe in ghosts, but she believes in history. That the idea that it's like, oh, okay. So even if you deny supernatural things happening, that there's so much built into any place, any relationships of a family lineage that history carries forward, whether there's a ghost involved or not, that those things, they grab onto you even now. So I don't know if that's something where you have to think about it beforehand, or if you pants your way through that history too.
2: I just, I go, I pants my way through it and (laughs) I go back and I fix it. You know, I, I come out with a really messy rough draft that might not make a whole lot of sense. And I know I can go back and fix it. Um, and then I can add in all the history and I can, you know, in the invited, I wasn't sure. I started off with like, I had a lot more haunted objects in the inside. Of it. I kept throwing them <laughs> right, in, and right I was right. like, "Oh, let's bring in this and let's bring in that." And there was a bathtub, and I loved the bathtub, and I the bathtub got cut in the. You in killed the your darling setup. bathtub. I know I killed my bathtub, no. but my editor. was I feel like, like a haunted really bathtub
0: walk. is everything I like because it could be, lead to a drowned <laughs> girl. Oh, it, it could see. And it leads to a drowned yeah. girl. It's like an architectural thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it. there was a, yeah, there was a bathtub, but it went away. Um, yeah,
2: but I as I was writing these things, you know, I didn't know their story. I didn't know why she was gathering them and bringing them into the house and kind of like, I didn't know what was going on with the pool. Like I'm writing the drowning kind. And I'm like, what is going on with the pool is, and there is, you know, at one point in the drowning kind, um, Lexi says to Jackie, she said, there's nothing in the water. The only thing in that water is what we bring down with us. Yes. Right. Mm. And so there's that, like, and, Is that it? Is it just people bringing in their own ideas and their own fears and their own memories and their own, you know, like, do they think that the pool is haunted by their dead Aunt Rita because they're surrounded by her things and her old books and her old toys and she's just a fixture in their lives because she's the girl no one really talks about, but everyone knows she's missing. Everyone feels her absence. Um, So are they carrying that into the water and kind of bringing her forth from their imaginations because of that, you know? And well, it's like I the just, idea
1: yeah. of being drowned by your own baggage. Like, That's exactly, exactly what I'm Exactly. What I, mean like yes. and I, I don't know. know we, I'm also just thinking that all title,
0: feel like that. Yeah. yeah. So
1: that you guys have, have heard that the, the, there was a play stones in his pockets. The idea of the person who walks into the path, the, the, pond or the Virginia wolf it well full of full of stones and if you bring all that with you that's the reason you drown and it may not be literal it could be metaphorical
0: yep yeah yeah um gosh I love it um so our show is called Vox Vomitus which is like our fake latin for (laughs) word vomit and I like that you uh, you know we're slowly running out of time but uh I like that you said your first draft is bad and it doesn't make oh, sense. Yeah. So that's, it's the word vomit. It's the vomit draft is what yeah. we oh, yeah. we lovingly call it. Um, so do you do that? Do you just vomit the words out and then deal with it later? Or do you find yourself going, let me just rewrite the sentence.
2: Oh no, no. If I get caught up in the rewriting of the sentence, then I'm, then I just get stuck. No, I have to get everything out. I'm a vomiter, Blah. I have to get it all out. Um, because you know, I don't know where it's going. And, and I'm just, I'm caught up in it and I'm excited. Usually, you know, there are days when I hit the wall and I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on with this pool. And I'm just going around and around in circles and I'm frustrated and I don't know what's happening, but I've got to get that first draft out. And once I get the first draft out, it's always messy. It's always like embarrassingly messy. Like if anyone saw it, they would think, forget it. She has lost all talent. She's it's over. She can never write a book again. Um, and then what I do? So this is what I've done since the very beginning. My first book um, is I get my first draft and I print it. So I've got a hard copy, and then I lay it chapter by chapter on the floor of my house. So <gasps> like I get serial killer. Yes. <laughs> No one's ever said that before, but yes, kind of, I guess.
0: You're welcome. Um,
2: thank you. Um, so, yeah, so it takes up my entire, like, living room and dining room. I move all the furniture, and I've got it laid out. My family loves it when I do this, especially my daughter. She's like, Is oh, your God. daughter and friends? Yeah, no, like, they, they, yeah. She's like, no, we can't go into the living room and dining room. Half the house is closed off because mom's got her book out on the floor. This now. is why they filled your
0: room with balloons. Yes. I will just no, say no. there was probably yes. a direct correlation. No, right. One <laughs> <When> purchase. <laughs> Yes, one chapter. Do do?
2: So, so yeah i've got it all laid out on the floor and only then do i start to really get what the heck this thing is about you know it's like i've got a bird's eye view of it and i like walk around it like a crazy person i'm walking and i'm looking and then slowly i start moving things and i start taking things out and i'm like although well, this this doesn't belong at all. And this needs to get moved up to the, this is where the story really begins is this scene. So let's move to this to, to the front and let's do this. And as I'm writing and mo- as I'm moving things around, I'm also like taking, I've got a stack of blank paper next to me. So I'm writing out scenes that I know I need to add. I'm pulling things out. I'm writing things on chapters. I'm color coding (laughs) the chapters, saying like, this is from Ethel's point of view. And this is to make sure like, I don't want three Ethel point of view chapters back to back. I want to intersperse them. So I want to make sure there's balance. So this this process usually takes a few days, the so like going around. And in the old days, I used to be able to leave my book on the floor, but we've got cats and the kids coming in and out. And now we have a dog. We adopted a pandemic doggy. And you I adopted can, a pandemic I dog? I did. Yeah, I know. We'll get to that.
1: Well, <laughs> for the oh, common- the comment popped up. Lindsay said, "It's a book puzzle, so you literally it do is. have a book puzzle. And you're You know, it
2: things. feels it feels like a collage. It's yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. So, and you, say
1: you don't outline, but it's almost like at that point they are an are almost the like chunks, and you can re. Yes.
2: Yeah. So then I do outline. Then I seriously outline because yeah. then, like, a whole new like organized. Jennifer comes in. And so I've got it laid out on the floor. I've and i never heard wrong. those
0: words organized, Jennifer in a row. That was weird. I was like, I am not. Uh,
2: That's referring I mean. to Ms. McMahon. Yeah. Ms. So then I've got it laid out. And I've once I've got it the way I want it, and I've got everything laid out, then I get out my index cards. Oh, index oh. cards. And I make one index card per every chapter. And I, like, write a couple sentences about what's happening. And I color code them by point of view. Wait, so they're color coded code index cards? They're color-coded index cards. Okay, yeah. So either, my agent
1: had posted to yeah. me recently with, like, who else uses color-coded index
2: cards? And <laughs> people are like, nerd. <"Nurred.">
1: You're yeah. <laughs> doing that. Apparently no, well, I
2: do that. So I'm like, making up nerd. for, like, the chaos and the, like, no plan rough draft by being ultra organized now. So I've yeah. got And then by the end of it, I've got my in, my stack of index cards. And that kind of serves as my outline. When I yes, sit down to revise, really? I'm like, okay, so this is you know, my book is now going to open here. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to open with the two sisters in the pool, which I originally had much later in the story, but I'm going to open it with this, and I'm going to go from here to here, and yeah, it's. I love, you changed-
0: yeah. Sorry, Sorry, I-, I love that you change. Sorry, Alice. Sorry, I love that you change the order of things. I think, even exactly. though I'm a cancer, I have this, um, like an OCD about writing in order. So when mm-hmm. I get to a oh. point where I'm like blocked. Instead of just going, I'm going to skip to the next chapter where I do know what's going to happen, I just sit there staring at a blank oh, page, do. panicking. And I feel like your, your way is probably oh, better. You shall give yourself
2: permission to try to jump to where I you know what I will give myself permission. Because and and I'll do that, right? Yeah, yeah and, and I'll
1: I'll scoot ahead a little bit if I know where I'm going, but so I can only scoot ahead a little bit. Like I can yeah. see just past like, okay, I know I want a little bit more here and I'll scoot past it. But what I was gonna ask was about saying that the beginning changed. Does that happen for you a lot where you change starting
2: points? Um, my the beginning in my published book is never, ever, ever the beginning I start with when I sit down to write. I don't think that really. Happens. I don't think that's happened once. What? I always, I, I look, so when I'm doing my like out on the floor bird's eye view thing, I'm looking for what I feel like is one of the strongest, I'm looking for the strongest point in the book and I know yeah. that I want to open with something strong and often I pull, you know, something from the end or I'll have to create something new because, you know, I want to open with something strong. I want to open with something that that tells people what they're in for and kind of gives the theme and the overall question and, you know, like in the Drown and Kind. Kinds. I wanted to introduce people to the pool and like, what's up with the pool? What's going on with it? And I wanted to introduce people to the sisters. And in my very first version, when I sat down to start writing this book, I started, you know, I said, I started with the pool and I started my very first beginning chapter was from the pool's point of view. Oh, no. It didn't work. It didn't work. It just, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it didn't work. Um, we all do those. Things, we yeah. all like, yeah. But I needed to. I needed to do that. That was how I broke my way into the story. Right? We all right. have our to get into yeah. it. And and so but, but I, was, I was looking at it on the floor, and I was like, it doesn't doesn't belong. So off that went, away <laughs> gone. Be gone with you. And, but yeah.
1: it was like an exercise, a brainstorm to get you going to that, and it freed you Absolutely. up to write the rest of it. Absolutely. I love, I love that you don't that you don't start with where you think you're going to start. But I love that you're trying to figure out what's going to draw the reader in because I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. We get really in our head of, but the story has to begin here because otherwise, and we have all these re- these reasons, but if it's not the strongest place for the story to start, people might not get to the rest of it because they're like bored now and they throw the book. Right.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes the best place to start is at the end. Like look at your end. Yeah. Maybe you want to start at your end and work backwards. Who knows? I love no? the whole
0: idea of like catching a moving train. I went to school for theater and they always said, if you like approach any scene, like you've already done five scenes before it Mm -hmm. and even if it's the beginning of a play a beginning of anything just start it from the middle emotionally Mm -hmm. oh I love that and I so like I try to think of that like when I write I'm like just wherever I am just start it from like you're already in the middle of the muck Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea of N-Media Rest, we get that a lot. of going to have this the action already ongoing. And I think that it goes against certain genre styles because a lot of times you'll get certain places where you're like, but I have to have this backstory because it's epic fantasy or science fiction. Yes. And if you don't understand my 17 worlds, politics, and religions, you'll never... Uh, but that's not where anybody can get into it. No. And I recently said got something, and I don't know how much applies to horror, but maybe some of the history aspects it does. You guys heard of the five-finger rule? And it's not the five-finger mm-hmm. discount. Okay, the five-finger oh. rule, they do it for generally for kids when they're reading a book, if it's not their lexile level, is read. And every time you get to a word you don't know, you put up a finger. And if you get to five before you turn the page, this book is too hard for you. And they're suggesting science fiction and fantasy writers do the same thing, that every time you're introducing a new religion, character name, oh. planet, anything, oh, like do that. That, because
0: that, is, you, good. Because
1: that is good. That is good. They're going to get turned off. Yeah. So if you don't start in that way, if you start in with something that's, that's accessible and that's relatable and that's engaging, you can get that other stuff later. You can still get all that stuff. Just not yeah. throw them into the deep end and have them, oh, figure yeah. it out. Like,
0: yeah, we don't need an yeah. info dump on no, page no.
2: one. Yeah, no. And we also don't, like with me, because I'm writing about kind of creepy otherworldly stuff, I don't want to bombard people with that. I want to set mm-hmm. them, like give them something real yeah. world and tangible to hold on to. And, I you know, yeah, that's something the to ground thing. them and make it them believe that, yes. you know, give people the real world and a character they believe in, and then sort of start yeah, picking, peeling exactly. back the layers and showing the film to, what's to what's it. On, yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't start, care.
0: yeah, if you start with a monster, yeah, there's always going to be, you know, more than half of your audience is going to say, "Well, I don't believe in that monster." Yeah, exactly. Or that's not that scary. That's not that scary.
2: But if you start with a woman who refuses to believe in monsters and who would never believe in monsters and show her making coffee and going through her life and then suddenly something happens and she's like comes face to face with a monster, then
0: people. Then people can. Holy crap. Maybe monsters do exist. Right. I make coffee every day. Yeah. yeah. What if there was a monster? What if.
2: You made me
1: believe in porcupines.
0: Awesome. <laughs> At first, I thought you were talking to me, and I was like, oh, a, "Oh, never mind." There's I'm another Jennifer.
1: That Jennifer pointing the right way now. Yeah.
0: Um, I sure have I one question before we have to sadly sign off. Do you okay. keep all of your index cards? I do. I,
2: I have love I those. have like file boxes full of index cards. Yeah, I, I mean, we I need you
0: to them. come. No, I, I mean, keep, it would be good if you I did. keep the
2: ones that are like outlining ones. I also use them for many other things. Like I use them for brainstorming. I was just trying to come up with a title idea. So I use them for title brainstorming. I use them for when I'm just getting, if I'm stuck in a story and I have no idea what's going to happen next, then I'll get out the index cards and start playing around and I'll write down the scenes that I know are going to
0: happen. Like magnetic open. poetry. Yeah.
1: It's moving yeah. Around, yeah. The it's like it's that. around the fridge. Yeah, it's like that. I'm picturing them stuck together with a Brad and then you fan yourself with it. No?
2: No, but I Ooh, do like That's
1: that. nice. No, of, that's you good of of your museum that you can have
2: them? Yeah, no, I've got them all like rubber banded together. And actually I bought, like, I've got a couple index cards holding boxes that I've got index cards in. And then that's I've just, got it cluttering up here or there. I've got index cards on I me. Mean, I've got index cards everywhere. They're here. They're <laughs> I'm like, I'm surrounded by index cards. I always have index cards within reach, wherever I am. Every room in the house. It's ridiculous. Emergency
1: index cards. I like
2: like I know this
1: is like exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say though, it just makes it sound a lot more just organized than the ones who write on like the cocktail napkins, like that. No, no cocktail. Oh, it's index don't cards. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say, "Other Jennifer." Don't your napkins. <laughs>
2: whatever, yeah, is Chevy, you know? whatever is available to you the important thing is to write yes. it down so you don't forget it yes. if you have an oh, idea just write yes. it Write it on your arm write it mm-hmm. you can do whatever it takes mm-hmm. uh, Kids can. It. I feel like yeah.
0: I would love to have you back sometime even before oh. you have another book out just because yes. I do want to go through like a weird index box with you I want yeah. you to like bring out a box of index cards and we can just <laughs> okay. okay we can almost like that. a drinking game and just that like sounds really fun. Any yeah. Uh, yeah. Write well, this are, down, somebody. A so what are you gonna bring? <laughs> you, bring, <laughs> <I> you, bring <laughs> you bring
2: napkins. Everyone bring needs napkins. to bring something. Everyone needs to bring something fun. To something, share. Share. Something, something weird. Something fun we're and we're weird, we're weird and quirky. Yeah. 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 Can I bring a balloon? You can bring a balloon. Oh.
0: <laughs> I could share my Word document of strange fears that I also <laughs> yes. keep on my <laughs> desktop.
2: Yes. Excellent. All right. All
0: right. I love it. We'll pencil that in. Um, Jennifer, thank you.
2: Thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you.
0: I would keep going. I have to be on a class in like 15 minutes, or else I would just be like, let's just stay. Let's
2: just stay. Well, we will do it another time. We will do it another time.
0: This was so much fun. Thank you. Vox Vomines Vixens, I love you. Thank you for being part of this crazy world that we are in next week. We do not have a show. We are on spring break. Whoa. by spring break I mean we just are sitting in our houses Oh, but, Lin- but it's Lin- spring Stone- Lindsay
1: Stone Rock says you had me believing in
0: fairies
2: yay, yay. yay.
0: don't be the word yes fairies. So, um, everyone we're off next week but we'll probably promote a replay of our episode that we had Matt Ruff author of Lovecraft Country on just because I feel like that always needs a replay we love our Matt Ruff uh, so Stay tuned for that. And then the week after that, we have Deborah K. Shepherd, And we will see you all then. I just want to thank Roman Saratin, our producer, Pam Stack, our executive producer. This has been a copywritten podcast by the Global Authors on the Air Network. And we will see you all in spirit next week and in real life in two weeks. Thank you so much. Waving.